Welcome back to First and Now, the official BC Lions podcast. Matt Baker, Nick Kowalski, joining you from Kamloops. We're on the ninth floor of the Thompson Rivers University building, residence building. For those watching this podcast, uh, kind of had to blare out uh, the view, but with some lighting. But yeah, we're uh, got a good view up here, Nick. This whole city's really nice view. Even like we we did a hike earlier yes. and that, that was pretty cool just uh getting some elevation and kind of looking over top of the city but we're kind of already already looking over top of the city just in our uh our dorm rooms here yeah we should explain that a little bit uh, for those listening or likely are aware uh, we <laughs> we had a little bit of unexpected downtime there for what three four days pretty much from sunday four days i guess saturday night we kind of got the word that things might be on hold and um, thankfully, uh, we have everything is in order as of this recording. We've been on the field for a couple of days of practice. So yeah, it kind of felt a little different and a little weird there for a couple of days. But I suppose if you want to look at the glass half full side of things, like I do, like you do, um, you got to explore a couple of things and most namely going up, uh, the mountain there behind Home Depot, the, the Kenna Cartwright Park. There's a bunch of trails there. Mm-hmm. Very good. What was yeah. your favorite part of that? Uh, probably the, the the peak, the viewpoint that we had. Yeah, some nice photos of us taken. Uh, but I've been, I've been exploring around. I went to another island park over here where there's a bunch of baseball diamonds. I've had a, I had a lot of time to edit these past couple of days with no right. uh, with no action going on. So, um, I think we <laughs> we talked about how we filmed some basketball and we filmed some uh, pool action with the players. So that's going to be on uh, Arrow Up to come. But we're back yes. to football. Yeah, we're back to football, but it's it's good that you plugged it. You can head to bclions.com. We have some new Arrow Up content. We've gone inside the draft war rooms. Coming up here in a matter of days, uh, we're going to take you behind the scenes on how we get to Kamloops, how the organization packs up the entire operation into a large truck and drives it up the Coquihalla. But you, uh, the last time we uh, spoke... And we should mention, uh, you're listening to First and Now on bclions.com on the Go Goat Sports website. Shout out to the folks at Go Goat Sports. Obviously, we're unable to be in the studio at the Wall Center today because we're going to be in Kamloops for about another 11 or 12 days. But uh, the last podcast we had uh, from inside the Wall Center, we were interviewing Neil McAvoy and we were kind of getting jacked up to drive up here. What did you like most about the drive up? Ooh, um... Probably the different terrain. I, we drove through some mountains where there was snow. And then yeah. as you get closer to Kamloops, there were some mountains where kind of what I'm looking at right now, it's just grass and looks like a bunch of like trees on top of them. I thought that was pretty interesting to see all the differences there. How about yourself? Yeah, well, you know what I, th- I took notice of, and, and you weren't living here quite yet last uh, October, the November. Uh, yeah, the yeah. floods. I mean, uh, some pretty big devastation, and we heard about how... Uh, portions of the highway were pretty much destroyed and shut down for a long time. I mean, heck, even at that time, there was sort of talk like, is this going to be fixed for us to go to Kamloops uh, sometime in May? Uh, but still very much uh, being repaired. And and we urge anyone listening, driving up, maybe to catch a few practices. We know we get some fans up from the lower mainland and other parts of the province. So uh, just take your time. Be careful. A lot of construction zones and uh, think about safety. But yeah, that's... Uh, that's very some very interesting geography, so to speak, when you take the Coquihalla from Vancouver to Kamloops. So you're getting used to Kamloops, and uh, you, you can really see why the organization comes here for training camp every year. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful facility. The field is super nice. 
we have we have all the amenities we really need. We got the three meals a day. I, I've really enjoyed the food here. Got to watch your portions, yeah. like I said. I haven't really been watching my portions, to be honest. I've been going. <laughs> I've had multiple meals where it's literally two plates, like full plates, and then yeah, you stack it up pretty. Followed good, yeah. by ice cream, and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're living it up. <laughs> Indulged in the ice cream once only. That's a Sunday thing for me. This is gonna this is gonna get really nitpicky here, but with the ice cream, it, it's always like rock hard. So yeah, it's like an effort. It takes a good effort to actually scoop the ice cream out of it. So that's kind of I've heard some players being like, "Oh, this is uh, this is how we're uh, this is our excuse for actually scooping up the ice cream is that we're gonna do a little workout by actually scooping it because it is that tough because it's that hard." I think the, the only time I had it was maybe it was melted a little bit because so it was I, it was outside of the it was outside of the freezer, the freezer right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did that once, and I think that was because people were complaining about how hard it was. But they've, <laughs> they've gone back to uh, the, the freezer ice cream now. Complaining about hard ice cream, I think that's what, what the kids refer yeah. to as a first world problem. But we're here, of course, for football. We're going to talk to Lucky Whitehead on this episode. Very much looking forward to having Lucky on. The CFL All-Star from 2021. Uh, we talked a little bit last week with McAvoy about uh, Lucky's purple truck and how uh, they've envisioned him as a building block for this team uh, going forward for a few years. But before we get to Lucky, uh, just overall, again, it's only been about a day or two as of this recording, but uh, what has impressed you most on the field, Nick? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the quarterbacks are hitting a lot of deep shots. Especially that first day, um, Michael O'Connor seemed to have a connection there with Josh Pearson, uh, the, I don't want to say rookie, the first year Lions receiver, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had the play of the day in the first practice. Lucky caught a big one lucky today from Nathan, yeah. on, or today's Friday, but Lucky caught a, a goal from Nathan for a touchdown in scrimmage. Brian Burnham uh, redeemed himself nicely, had one slip through his hands. On the very next play, he sort of dove to the turf and scooped up a catch. So, you know, Brian, the perfectionist, was happy with that one. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to get excited after a day or two of camp, but there's definitely some keen position battles to keep in mind. Uh, we're writing about Keon Hatcher, speaking of Lions receivers, for bclions.com, uh, easy to get overshadowed in a group that includes those guys we mentioned, but some of these youngsters, we talked about Josh Pearson, uh, guys like Alexander Hollins, uh, tall, long, athletic, where they might fit in in the grand scheme of things is anybody's guess, but this is why the organization works so hard in the offseason and goes out and signs these extra bodies to make these competitions uh big for camp mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely a ton of competition at receiver and defensive line just via how many bodies there are there's what at least 15 at each, at each position right now got yeah yeah mm -hmm. see well i think we're at 92 total including non-counters but we've tried to cover it all in just a couple days i mean we talked to john bowman about his defensive line group uh, we've heard from players uh, coach rick has weighed in uh, all on bclions.com for all of your training camp content Lucky Whitehead will join us in our ninth floor boardroom here coming up in a matter of seconds. And we found the man, number seven in your program, Lucky Whitehead, 2021 CFL All-Star, 932 yards. You prorate that to a full 18-game season. That's obviously very special. And uh, he's in Kamloops for the second time. Lucky, sir, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be with you guys. 
Always glad to be with you. And, uh, well, we've had a couple days of practice under your belt uh, after all the all the craziness there at the start. But, you know, describe this whole last week for you, the the emotion of we're going on Sunday, no work stoppage, and then come to a settlement middle of the week, uh, that roller coaster of emotions. What was that like? Uh, just the uncertainty, the not, the not knowing was definitely hard. Uh, especially for myself, just wanting to be out there and competing and uh, just getting back into the flow of football. Uh, so just that constant, like that free time was, was it was a long, it was long days, right? And then uh, finally to hear that we've had some breakage, you know, with with uh, the agreement and stuff like that. It was it was good to hear that we might be practicing, and I'm glad we got the ball rolling. We had uh, morale was high. It was was something that we we caught. I mean, we caught some video of uh, Hatcher and Luches and the boys playing basketball. Right. Now some guys uh, we had a couple guys playing pool on the fifth floor. Um, how impressed were you to see that people's mindset was still sharp? Yeah, it was it was nice. Uh, one second I did not know there was a pool table on the fifth floor, <laughs> so I'm definitely gonna tell people to. Come see me, because I'm pretty good at pool. <laughs> so you're a good pool player? You're not one of these guys who will go out nah, hustling and pretending you're not good? I ain't going to pretend, because I, like I don't like to look bad. Uh, are we going to comment on Cherry and Pickett on their pool skills? I'd leave that up to you. <laughs> Rookies, uh, right? Well, yeah, no, I can definitely play. I like to call pockets, right? So okay. I definitely get it in. Grew up in a boys and girls club. So that's all we did was oh, yeah. pool tables and... Uh, the foosball. Yeah, there's one of those down there too, yeah. See? So, yeah, now I need to go check it out. But um, to answer your question, it was definitely nice to see the, the young guys uh, pick up the playbook as fast as they as fast as they did. Uh, it wasn't that many. Well, I don't think, if any, a lot of mental errors. Uh, I think it was out there sharp. It was efficient. And I think it was a great day one. You, you got here earlier too, right, just to kind of – hang out and observe right, right. What, what did you see in that time I know you weren't practicing but right. what did you see from the first year players yeah uh, it was you know it was nice I seen some guys that obviously was in their playbook uh, obviously that have been training and and was prepared right so it didn't it wasn't sloppy it was it was good to see so it was nice to see everybody back into the foot flow of football mm-hmm and uh, what where were you getting up to those couple of days? Uh, nothing really. Once I go to my room after my workout and I get to my room, I don't I don't really want to leave. So I was kind of yeah. most of the time I was um, Netflix, my video game. Yeah. Uh, I was playing a lot of video games until everyone got here and they ruined the internet for me. <laughs> so um, yeah, I was just working out early in the morning, mm-hmm. getting my body ready to go. Yeah, uh, and then relaxing pretty much. Who, who's the roommate too, by the way? Uh, JB James Butler. So what's that like? Uh, he's quiet. He sits and he goes in his room. He he's in and out, but he's like a little mouse. You know, you don't really see him as much. You don't hear him. Uh, I kind of think I think I'm the one that's pretty loud because like my TV piece is pretty loud because for some reason I just want to feel like I'm part of whatever I'm watching. That's brilliant. Um, Nick mentioned that you've been here for for quite a few days, and you actually drove up here in uh, 
the big purple beast there, the pickup truck, all the way from Manassas to Vancouver, and then obviously eventually on here to Kamloops. But what was that drive like? What were you? You stop at some tourist stops along the way. What was that like? Uh, it was it was cool. Uh, I would hit the road probably at like four thirty five in the morning. That's when I first started on a Saturday. Um, I did not stop until I got to Wisconsin, so it was like a seventeen hour day. Uh, why I didn't get tired, I don't know. <laughs> but I believe like the, the time kept going back as mm-hmm. I was as I was driving. Uh, I did. I did see some nice, I guess, cities or states, but I never. I don't like stopping, right? Unless I need gas, because I I got somewhere to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't you? I guess you drove you drove through snow at that time too, right? Uh, a few places had had. The, I mean, snow on the ground. It wasn't really snow coming down. Um, mostly rain. There was a lot of rain going on. Uh, I almost got stranded in North Dakota. Because the flooding, I, right? Well, no, it was. <laughs> I was driving. I had thirty-eight miles to empty, and I missed my exit to get gas. But I was like, I figured thirty-eight miles, another gas station will pop up, right? It didn't. So as I was driving, it just kept saying uh, no services, and I was like, well, that's there's that. I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> uh, but I barely had service, so it was, it was weird. But um. Yeah, I finally found a gas station and made it to North Dakota. Uh, seen a lot of mountains. It was, I mean, it was a beautiful drive through Idaho, Montana. Uh, straight shot, and it was just, you know, it was nice to have that uh, that alone time. You know what I mean? Listen to my music. Uh, like you said, I'm in a truck, so I had plenty of space. Uh, I stopped in, like I said, I stopped in Wisconsin, slept overnight, and then I stopped in Montana. And I stayed there for about six hours, hit the road again, and I just kept pushing. A lot of time to sort of gather your thoughts too, right? I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was good. Uh, just the self-talking. Obviously, I had to keep changing the music around. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just fun just to you know I'm going back to come back to get to this part, right? To the camp and the season. Seeing my boys, uh, coaches, all that stuff, you bake. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's uh it was definitely it was definitely nice and I like I said, I wanted to get back and, and you know, just start early, get with Nate, you know what I mean, so we can get that chemistry going early. And uh, you know, I definitely I definitely got a, a good two weeks in before camp started, so I think it was gonna be fun. You gotta get a lot of comments on that track, hey? Like even from strangers? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because like I see people like driving by, taking pictures or recording, and sometimes I'm in the truck. Sometimes I just see them, uh, but it's cool. I mean, it's not your normal. You know what I mean, your normal paint job or or truck, right? The whole thing is custom, um, so kind of used to it. It was it was just sort of chrome red, and I changed it to chrome purple. Just wanted to try something new. The dog family expanded this off season. Uh, for our listeners and viewers who haven't heard, uh, virtual introduce all your dogs. Who are they? Yes. Uh, so I have four XL American bullies, and I just bought a a mini a miniature a mini Frenchie, and my oldest boy. His name is Blitz. 
He's now five. Uh, one of my girls named Basil. She is one and a half, and she might be pregnant right now. Hmm. Found out on Monday. Congratulations, yes. Yeah. Uh, Birkin, which is Blitz's daughter. Uh, and Bellatrix, I just got her at the end of last season. So she's, she's about seven months now. And then Bagheera is my Frenchie. So the B game. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and then these a few of these are coming to Vancouver or in Vancouver. What's that yeah. plan? So uh, Blitz and Bellatrix will be here towards the end of the month. So right before we break camp, I don't want to bring them down and deal with that hassle while I was in camp, right? So uh, when I break camp, I'm going to uh, pick them up and move them into my place out here. Um, what? Did, who inspired you growing up? Uh, my, my mom, I would say. She was definitely a strong, independent woman, um, single parent, you know what I mean? So just being around her, seeing her grind and hustle, you know what I mean, to, to put food on the table, clothes on my back, uh, you know, roof over my head. It was definitely, you know, she had to play both roles and she was definitely strong on us. So that was somebody that inspired me because I wanted to be able to get to where I am today, to, you know what I mean, to be able to provide and help her. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people from different backgrounds go through adversity, and, you know, she she's the one, she encouraged you to pursue your dreams and, and play all the sports you wanted. Was she that kind of mom? Definitely. Is she? Yeah, yeah she was uh, She was definitely a, a football football mom. Uh, heard her at every game. Uh, don't think she missed the game up until I got to, I was in college because I was a I was away, what, like eight hours, you know what I mean? But I heard her up and down the sideline in high school, up and down the sideline, middle school, little league. Uh, like I said, she was very strong and independent. So just to see, you know, like I said, see her be able to do that on her own for all the, like she was raising me and my cousins as well, you know, so. Uh, you know, for her to just show me that, show me that way, it was, that's, that's who inspired me. And before Nick jumps in here, yeah, we, we were lucky to meet her last year. Yeah. She came uh, out to a couple practices. That was awesome, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you were injured at the time, right. but obviously you're going to make up for that this year when she comes up. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been I've been meaning to ask you this or talk to you about this since I you first came here about the Dallas Cowboys days. I, I still remember that 2016 yeah. preseason opener, yeah. the kick return touchdown. I, I guess I want to start with that. Like when when you're returning kicks or punts or whatever, like when do you know that it's gonna be like okay, I'm gonna house this one. Like when when you get that feeling. Well, you go out there thinking it, right? Uh, it's just those plays are are game changers, right? It's it's a momentum swing. And for me, every time I every time I touch the ball or my numbers caught, I want to score. You know, I expect it. But uh, yeah, that that play was definitely crazy. Um, it was their first game back in the Coliseum, and uh, you know, just just being able to get in that open field and finding that crease right after that, it's just a foot race and. 
I bet on myself. Yeah, something you do well. Yeah, something you do well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Did was, you? Who Who was your quarterback that year? Was it Dak? Dak or, was my. Yeah, it was my second year. Yeah. So what, what was it like playing with Dak Prescott? It was cool. Super smart, uh, humble guy, fun to be around. Uh, tremendous athlete. Yeah, you know I mean, so it was. I was I was fortunate, you know, to be around a lot of great professionals uh, throughout my career, and uh, I learned from a lot of guys that I was around the Des Bryant's, yeah, Cole Beasley's, uh, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, Jason Witten, right? Those guys. Just being around in that that locker room, that environment, yeah, you know I mean, you was you was dealing with. You know, a very high professionalism. You know what I mean, so it was fun for me to just be able to learn, sit back, and you know, just just grow into the game. And I think I just I got better as I got older. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a big year for the Cowboys too, right? Yeah. Division title. Twelve and four. Um, was that the Green Bay year? Yeah. At Lambeau, yeah. That well, damn that's Aaron. That we, damn we, Aaron Rodgers. It? <laughs> uh, that, that, it was that year that he saw that. Baker's talking about that was the year we went twelve and four. We lost to Green Bay and and Dallas. Oh, and oh, that was this was the one with Crosby, right? Aaron Rodgers, no timeouts in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. You weren't there the year though. That Des Bryant. No, I wasn't there. Yeah, did he catch it? Let's get your answer. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely, he did. I'm no, I I bleed Niners red and gold. I, I have no desire. To see the Dallas Cowboys, but I I will say they got screwed. They absolutely got screwed there. Yeah, that made have been like 2014. That I was think. the 2014 yeah. season when, of course, Green Bay went on and lost at Seattle the next week. So yeah, he's a good dude, tough, great competitor. But yeah, I definitely say he caught it ten out of ten times because I seen him catch a lot harder catches. What is a catch in the NFL? We don't always know, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, just you know playing. Playing for that organization, wearing that star on that helmet, um, that like hair standing up on your neck, kind of a little bit when you first strap on that gear. Right, it was uh, it was so real. Right, I didn't grow up a Cowboys fan. Uh, being from Virginia, you know, a lot of people were big on the now Commanders. Um, it was just. I was taking the best opportunity for myself at the time, coming out as an undrafted free agent, and um, that was just the best fit for me. And then when I got there, so it's, I gotta, I gotta make it right. I gotta make this team, and I knew that. So I would, I would know everything that I needed to know, and then know what's going on around me, right? So if somebody went down, I was ready to go there too, right? So I didn't just know my spot; I knew every other spot as well, just because. Like I said, I was undrafted free agent, and I needed to make the team. And, uh, you know, I did that. I went above and beyond, you know what I mean, to obviously to make the team. And, and, and it, I was I was blessed, you know what I mean, to to come out and, and have a great have a great year that year. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, in, in 2019, you made your way up to the CFL, right? So when did that kind of become a, a possibility? Uh, coming up to Canada yeah uh, around 20 what late 2018 I finally I got a call from Ryan Rigmaden and uh, I was coming off of what two injuries I had broke my foot and pulled my hamstring so I was out for like two years uh, 
And Ryan uh, called me to tell me they had a a free agent workout or a rookie workout in Bradenton, Florida. And um, that he would like me to come out. He seen me at the Jets training camp. And this is, I'm the exact guy that they were looking for at the time. So I was like, okay, cool. Mind you, I was, I was kind of, I don't know if I was checking out, but I was just like, didn't understand why I was kept, why I kept getting those injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I had, um, I went to Bradenton, Florida. I was didn't know much about the CFL as far as I seen it, but I didn't know much about waggles and when did they go and all that, all the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I got there, I did good. Obviously, uh, Ryan was like, "Hey, you look great," and I thought I looked terrible. Right? I, I felt like I, I felt terrible, whatever. And uh, he said, "You look great, you look fast," and I was like, "Oh, well." If that's what you think, like I'm, you'll see. So, like a week later, they sent me a contract, and I, uh, it was my first time in Canada there. And I came with the Winnipeg in 2019. Yeah. What did you think? I don't know. Do you know about I'm a Winnipeg guy? Like I'm born and raised. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So can't I, av- you can't avoid them. Yeah. So I, I remember. I I was in the crowd for week three against Edmonton when okay. you had like that I think it was the double move and then the, the bubble screen, the bubble that, screen. that's kind of when it was like okay the lucky whitehead is has arrived in the CFL yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no that was that was a great that was definitely a great game for me because uh, I was I was still learning like once training camp hit I was still learning the offense right learning the game learning the field and everything was new to me like the field was super wide uh, I was I was running everything but I was cutting it up too fast or whatever the case may be I was Speed cutting a lot of my routes that I didn't need to. It was just a lot that I needed to learn about the game up here. And um, yeah, once once I was starting to understand a little better, I, I obviously I was making plays, but that's when like this what last season. You know what I mean? Uh, well, that COVID, I had I had a chance to you know reset my mind, my body, and I and I and I was able to do that. To come mm-hmm. out last season and, and have the year I had. Yeah. What was was there any difference in terms of like why you had the breakout season, or is that something that you knew you could? You obviously knew you could do, but like, why do you think it all? Well, yeah, I uh, I went extremely, extremely hard that off season. Like when we, that year that football got canceled, I went extremely hard. Right. I uh, I, I didn't really change my body as far as the diet of food. But I cut out alcohol for a year and a half, and I felt a lot leaner. I could run more. Like I wasn't tired. I felt stronger. So like after games, I wanted to keep playing. Like I wasn't sore. I wasn't tired. Uh, and it was like I I seen the difference, you know, in 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 that. So I think that that helped me. And then as far as the preparation. And everything slowed down. So, like, I understood the offense that I was in. I understood my quarterback. You know what I mean? So, everything slowed down for me, right? And then I was playing with confidence that you you couldn't take. Mm-hmm. So, everything was – it was me against – you know what I mean? It was my, the team against everybody, right? So, like, I felt like whoever was in front of me, you wasn't the problem. You wasn't the reason we didn't complete that pass or, you know what I mean, get that first down and touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was just laser focus with me. I was, I was, I was all in. Mm-hmm. 
and hopefully on how his career goes, um, this will be a good trivia fact. But you caught Nathan Rourke's first touchdown pass, and he's obviously, um, <laughs> of course, he's 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 a starter now. Like it's his, he's getting the ropes under under center this year. So yeah. what have you seen in Nate to um, make him that he's the guy for this team? Yeah, no, he's a great leader, um, but they're a good competitor. You know what I mean, he's strong. Uh, he's prepared. He's like it's. It's good to see, you know what I mean, because he's he's young, but he doesn't he doesn't act that way, right? He mm-hmm. he's ready to lead this offense. And he knows where he stands in this offense, right? And we we kind of like leaning on him, right? We want him to speak up. We want him to let us know what he sees, what's going on in this area, right? And we're obviously gonna help him out and be where we need to be. But uh, I think he's he checks every box and showed everybody what he can what he can do and what he's capable of. Uh, trust his arm, strong. Um, and like I said, I think he had a great off season, and, and you know I can't wait to see him just go out there and play his ball, his ball game. Mm-hmm. What a night that was uh, in Saskatchewan! Almost came up off the mat and won that game. That was uh, crazy times. Um, we got some listener tweet questions we want to get to while we have you for a couple minutes. But before we get to those, um. Have you found your football home here, Lucky? Is this home for you now? Yeah, I mean, I love it. I love Vancouver. Uh, I love the city. I love to go out and eat. Uh, I love the team. I love the stadium. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been fun since I've been here, you know, and it's love Coach Campbell. Great dude. Take care of his guys. And uh, obviously, Coach Tuck is great. So, it's been fun for me. It's been, I definitely got welcomed very fast. Okay, um, one of our Lions super fans in Regina, Jim, uh, Jim Dewhurst, good guy, wants to know what's your fastest forty time. Four three two. And when was that combine or? Uh, yeah, so what? Twenty fifteen. Okay. Along those same lines, uh, our good friend Andrew goes by Young Judd underscore one on Twitter. Why are you so fast? Uh, naturally. I was kind of always a fast, smaller guy, um, but obviously I worked at it as I got older. And uh, I do like, I love sand workouts. I'm not a really a big beach guy. And if I'm at the beach, I'm working out. Just because that, that sand is, is a different, it keeps you honest. Yeah, right. absolutely. So when you're running in the sand, you're cutting in it, it works every muscle, right? As far as in your feet, your legs, you're working everything, and it keeps you honest as far as when you got to break down and whatnot. So, and a lot of band workouts and stretching, but it's definitely been, I've been blessed, right? But I obviously work to keep and obviously get faster. Uh, Chris, uh, regular fan, uh, have you done your race with RP yet? And if so, who won? <laughs> nah, not yet. We'll probably, we'll probably get it in at like Fan Fest or something. Okay. I call, I call him out. I like that. I like that this weekend. Fan Fest. Uh, Roman Oxuda, not his real name. It's a name of a former Vancouver Canuck. Speaking of trivia, last Canuck goal in the Pacific Coliseum was scored by Roman Oxuda. But, well, look at you. Um, <laughs> you know, I just useless information. He wants to know, though, who's the best trash, ta- trash talker on A, the team, and B, the CFL? The CFL, I'm saying... Simone Lawrence. Of course. <laughs> uh, 
on the team. I said, I don't know. I throw, I throw some trash talk around every now and then. Uh, Is the peace sign considered trash talk? Trash talk? Well, yeah, they know what that means. If you ever you see that, yes, yeah, you ain't. I scored. That's what that means. So it's over with. But um, I mean, who else is a good trash talker? Uh, I'll say Gary Peters and and TJ Lee. He he is an instigator. He don't really trash talk. He instigate though. <laughs> Perfect, TJ. He got he flies under the radar. And last one, a uh, cat. Favorite restaurant in Vancouver. Blue Water Cafe. Aha, uh-huh. Blue Water Cafe. Love it. Lucky, we got to run. We our studio is being overtaken. We got it in, and uh, we appreciate you joining Thanks us here on First and No. Yep. Thank you, sir. Great stuff with Lucky Whitehead. Uh, very enjoyable conversation. And yes, uh, maybe ended a little bit abruptly there. And we should clarify again for those watching. If anyone was wondering why I was getting up and looking confused and actually left the table for a minute, uh, we actually hijacked one of the coaches' boardrooms here. We were told it was available tonight, but I guess we were misinformed. So uh, Coach Janowski, Don Janowski, special teams coordinator, was looking to get in earlier, and then we were wrapping it up with Lucky anyway after those great listener submissions. Um and we a couple of the offensive guys were looking to get in here. So we're not trying to ruffle any feathers, but that in case anyone was wondering, uh, kind of recording on the fly this time and and dealing with people knocking on the door because we have the key in here. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the, the diehards in terms of football fans know this, but maybe like the average fan wouldn't know this, but these coaches, they're not just doing practice for four hours a day and then Absolutely relaxing. Not. It's, it's four hours, maybe more, like six, eight hours of meetings after that. So... They're really going at it pretty much all the time they're awake. And then when they go to bed and then rinse and repeat, right? 24-7, yeah. Guys, uh, I'm sure they're doing those similar film sessions and meetings first thing in the morning in here, right? And, um, you know, we're blessed for the opportunity to kind of get a front row seat to what goes into putting a team on the field, what goes into building a Grey Cup champion, hopefully, as we aim to get back to the playoffs first and foremost and. 2022 but uh, i like yano he'd be a good guest coach yanowski and he's like oh no problem no problem no problem just do your pot do your thing do your thing <laughs> this this coaching staff overall it, there's a lot of a lot of podcast guests i think in that staff that'd be great yeah i mean we even were talking about john bowman you know maybe, maybe get him and rp on to start yeah. uh, trash talking one another or I was just thinking, yeah, we put we put a mic in front of Jason Tucker and Ryan Phillips and let them talk and see what yeah. see who we get yeah, out of Tucker, it. Yeah, Tucker, especially <laughs> with, with either of those guys. Yeah. There's a really funny clip. Um, it will be an arrow up in episode six about um, Tucker was playing some two v two with uh, Luches Purifoy, Dominic Grimes, and uh, Keon Hatcher, and they started playing some horse afterwards. And Ryan Phillips is doing laps around the gym that um, was yeah. around the basketball court, and uh, and uh, Ryan called him out for uh, shooting some air balls. <laughs> that was uh, funny. Yeah, RP yeah. just walking around the track, uh, doing his laps, minding his own business, and those guys coaxing him to join the game. When knowing what we know about RP, I think he just didn't want to show those guys up. You know, RP is a basketball coach. He played a little basketball in his day too. I think so. That actually would have been entertaining. That would have upped the content a little bit for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a bunch of the D linemen came in afterwards, so it was good to see the team bonding. That's kind of what we were talking to the players actually about. 
uh, how they were keeping busy during these uh, couple of days um, without practice. Uh, a big thing they said was that, yeah, we're just trying to get our team bonding up and do activities as a team, right, together. Yeah, good times. But great stuff with Lucky Whitehead. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you forget uh, the connections. Obviously, we knew he played for the Dallas Cowboys, but really there for a couple of years where they were contenders, which which is easy to forget. And, uh, and yeah, you know, a guy from Manassas, Virginia, has uh, taken British Columbia and Vancouver by storm. And, and that's a, kind of the sad thing about last season. You know, kind of all started with his hand injury, but really early in the season, you remember watching from afar, there, there was some motivation with this team. I think we were 4-2 and two at one point after a big win in Montreal and had a really romping, happy flight home. And Lucky was, was in the middle of that, helping uh, the flight attendants serve the food and the beverages. And so I remember, remember getting a feeling like coming home in, in the wee hours of the night right after the game in Montreal that, yeah, this, this group might have something special to it. Now, sadly, it kind of went uh, sideways after a couple weeks, but I think we definitely saw the potential with this team, and that's what's going to make the rest of this training camp all that more exciting. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to add on, you asked me earlier about something that stood out from training camp, and this kind of ties back to yeah. the improvements that have gone on in this team. But Sean White, I haven't seen him miss. Well, actually, he was lamenting to me that he was 0 for 2 at one point on the first day. But, I, I must but have let's, missed those. Let's put, uh, let's put an asterisk on that because it was very windy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it has been overall. Too. Windy that day, you know, the goalposts are swaying back and forth. But yeah, I mean, I was I was chuckling uh, with someone earlier too about yeah. I mean, with no disrespect intended to anybody, but I think our kicking game is is in solid hands with uh, former and perhaps future again first and now guest Sean White. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, he's he's been stellar so far from what I've seen. I I must have missed those too. Yeah. Good times. Uh, yeah, great stuff with Lucky, and uh, and who knows? We'll, we'll plan a couple more guests uh, while we're in Kamloops, obviously, as uh, we're aiming to do this again still on a weekly basis. Uh, again, uh, thanks to the folks at Go Goat Sports uh, for allowing us to run the podcast on your platforms or whether you're listening there, bclions.com, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your podcast platform of choice is, uh, we are honored to be here talking BC Lions football. So for those coming up uh, this weekend for FanFest, presented by BCLC, uh, safe travels, and we look forward to seeing some great fans. And that's been a great part of it too early on here so far is uh, allowing for full fan attendance at Hillside Stadium. I'm on Twitter at BakesTakes84. You are? I am Nick underscore Kowalski, and I'll always repeat this, the Nick is N-I-K get those followers up uh, the podcast is at first and now you can follow the fine folks at go goat sports at go goat sports there you go so nice said it twice shout out uh, to maddie sakaris and blake price kurt appleby andrew wadden uh, jeff patterson rob gray rob reese uh, the entire crew over there for taking care of us and we look forward to being back in the wall center in a couple of weeks and uh, sampling some more yellow dog beer looked like the crew had a nice little function at yellow dog the other night that we unfortunately couldn't make it to but next time we're there nick let's do it again soon sounds good first and now we'll be back next week from camp loops